Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 130 of the Creator Smarts podcast. Today I'm going to be sharing with you a presentation that Oli gave during our last Inner Circle meetup. He talked about how to build a YouTube production team and if you haven't checked out his channel, his YouTube channel yet, then make sure to have a look. Uh, it's his name, just search for um, Oli Richards and then you will find his channel and if you go to you know, a website like Social Braid, where you can see some YouTube analytics, you can see that his number, his, his channel really started taking off about half a year ago uh, when he started taking YouTube seriously. And since then, he has managed to grow his channel from 40 to about 140,000 subscribers. He's grown really fast, um, almost 1,000 subscribers per day, which is like about 10 to 15% per month. Um, and at the moment it's the fastest growing channel in the education niche. At least I've done an analysis of, um, most of the channels, most of the fast growing channels that I know in the niche, uh, Oli is growing the fastest at the moment. So in this, uh, it's not going to be an interview in this presentation today, you're going to learn how Oli managed to grow his channel by 10 to 15% per month while only investing six to eight hours per week of his own time in the channel. And he's also gonna share with us his dream video creation process. And you know, I'm calling it a dream creation process because um, he manages to create really high quality videos in uh, only one day per week. And of course you can only do that if you hire a team. So which positions should you hire first and how do you find good candidates? And then Oli is also going to share how much money he spends on, um, on his production team. So if you want to take YouTube seriously and you're interested in taking a more entrepreneurial approach to running YouTube, then you're going to learn tons of things from this presentation. And um, yeah, I hope that you're going to like it. And by the way, if you want to see the original video, then you can send me an email at uh, hi at creatorsmarts.com and I will send you the secret link because Oli is referring to... Um, to the screen that he's sharing, or he was sharing, uh, every now and then during the presentation. And uh, yeah, might be helpful to also get the visual of the presentation, so just reach out to me. That was it for now. Hope you're gonna enjoy the presentation after the intro. This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. A lot of talk since the Inner Circle started has been around a similar topic, which is that I really want to do more with YouTube, but I just can't build the team. And we all know that's a frustration. Paul, I was thrilled to hear that you've built that team around the new channel um, because I know that was a big pain point for you before. It's really interesting to, to hear that. Um, and it's been interesting for me because I have come very late to YouTube. I've only really started doing YouTube this year. The previous seven years or so, I've been in a more kind of, um, in, a, in a more, I guess, blog type space um 
which hasn't re- relied on so much of me. And so the whole business that we've grown has been based around a team. So the idea of not having a team for me is just pure insanity. So it's been interesting for me to kind of observe um, the struggles that everyone has with building a team. And, and I've taken that exact same approach to YouTube this year. And a couple of weeks ago, me and Jan recorded a, top, a, a podcast where he was asking me about how I've grown my YouTube channel this year by building a team. And after that, I think I had like, I don't know, somewhere between like, like five to 10 people reach out on DMs and say, like, I really want to know more about this. So it's clearly something which is um, of great interest to, to everybody. So I'm get, basically what I'm going to do here is go into um, a lot of depth about exactly the team that I've built and then give you we have stuff in Q&A at the end. I think this is going to be useful in different ways to different people. Um, for those of you who are just getting started or who are you know, still doing everything yourself, this really can be the secret to just your next stage of growth. Um, you might not be able to afford to do everything that I've done um, at first, but often it's just being able to see the path is the, is the first step, right? And for those of you with more established channels, um, hopefully there might be something in here, a nugget of information or just a wake up call to see what's, what's possible. Because similarly, if, you know, if you're, if you're a million subscribers, then building the team is probably the fastest way to get to 10. Right. So, um, I'm going to show you everything here. I'm going to show you inside my YouTube analytics. Um, I don't, I never mind sharing numbers. So this is all for your eyes only though, please don't share around. Um, but just to give you a bit of context here. Um, so this is my inside the channel dashboard. This is my lifetime views. And the first video I ever uploaded was 2013. Um, so eight years ago, I've probably been, I've probably been doing YouTube for actually longer than most of you guys. Um, I just never actually taken it seriously before, which is <laughs> quite interesting. But then you'll see, um, this year something cool happened. So if I change this to last 365 days, um, you can see that, um, oh, sorry, I think I wasn't subscribers before. So this is views. So yeah, basically no views ever from the entire history of my channel. And then um, in the last year, I've gone from averaging about, you know, a thousand, 2000 views a day to averaging around 50,000 views a day. And our subscribers, similar stories. So we've kind of gone from about 30,000 at the start of the year no, hang on, that was back here, actually. So 30,000 subscribers in January to 135,000 now. Um, so it's pretty fast growth. And although it's still a relatively small channel, it's been really exciting to see. And it all happened because of the team that I've built. And this is what I want to focus on. I know sometimes, you know, a lot of you guys have grown because you've just put so much hard work into it yourself. I guess what I want to show you here is that you can achieve the same thing Um without having to do so much hard work. Um, so this is, I've given you the punchline first, right? This is what has what we've been able to do over the last year. Um, and my own time commitment to the channel is approximately six hours a week. So we've gone from, the, again, basically nothing to 135,000. And we're growing very fast as well. I, I hope, I'm expecting to be at 200,000 by the end of the year. Um, and it's all been from about six to eight hours a week of my own time. The reason I've been building this channel is for lead generation for my main business. So 
I don't actually look so much at these stats. What I look at is what happens in my business because I've seen, if I were to show you the um, the revenue and lead stats for my main business, it's gone like this as well. Okay. Um, and that's the main reason that I've been focusing on, on, on YouTube. It's not because I don't really want to be a YouTuber as such, although I really actually quite enjoy it. It's quite addictive. Um, it's mostly because I was looking for the next big scalable marketing channel for my my own my main business my hypothesis was that youtube would be the best way to do it and that's kind of turned out to be to be the case so um let me stop sharing here and show you the the whiteboard so um The timeline here has been basically um, as follows. So if we, uh, let's break, break it into four. No, actually, let's do this. So um, this was 2020, this was Q1, this is Q2. This is Q3, and now we are here, um, 2021. So basically, my hypothesis before starting this year, the end of end of last year, was that right? I think I can build a YouTube channel, and that's going to be the fastest way to grow my business if I invest money into it. And I want to end up at the end of next year with my goal was 100,000 subscribers by the end of this year. We reached it in the summer, which is cool. And so my mindset coming into it is not. Uh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and see what happens. My mindset is I want to have 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year, because if we have that, I think it will add um, 20% to the bottom line of, of the business. So this is where I want to end up. And it's important to for what happens next, because from the beginning, I've invested money into building the team. And for actually for this whole year, based on... Um, pure AdSense revenue, we've been losing money. So we were losing a lot of money in Q1, um, less money in Q2, and we're probably about break even now. So over the course of the year, just from paying them, my team and all the people involved, we're at about break even now from, from AdSense revenue alone. Obviously, everything we make from course sales and things on the business is, is all extra. But generally, when I start a new project like this, I, I want I want it to break even within a year. Wherever if I'm looking at any kind of new initiative, I always ask, like, do I think we can break even within 12 months? And if the answer is yes, then I'll kind of go for it. Because now we've got something where the YouTube channel pays for itself out of AdSense revenue alone. And then and then we've got the growth of that and all the money we make from the course business on that on the back end. So um that's the um that's the background. Now, I asked you guys in the Facebook group exactly what it is you wanted to know about this. So um, we've got a few different things. We've got the um, we've got the production process. So who does what? What's my time commitment? So I'll talk about that. We've got hiring. So how to find people, and how to avoid mistakes, and then the cost of all of this. So I'm going to talk about these three things. Is there anything else that anyone would particularly like to need to talk about as part of this or does that does that sound about right feel free to unmute yourself if there's anything 
Yeah, I would say um, how I, I don't I probably think it's in the production process, but how you organize the whole team. So yeah, that's the production process. product. Okay, yeah, yeah, perfect. So All right. I would say one other thing. Uh, I'd love to know about conversion because you said you use the channel to convert students into your courses, right? So how yeah. do you move them from YouTube into the offerings? Is it an opt-in or offerings sales or that kind of thing? Ooh, okay, yeah, that's a potentially another topic but let's see how far we get and then if 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 we don't get to it then we'll you know we'll follow up afterwards because it is that's an interesting one and i haven't got that completely figured out yet i mean it's definitely working but i see that as an area that we definitely have to optimize um okay so let me start with the production price the team is ollie and i basically consider myself to be uh the talent (laughs) which is not not a uh, word i normally use to describe myself but you know the presenter on YouTube, I'm basically the presenter, right? And then I have a script writer. Then I have a producer. And then I have editor one, editor two, and thumbnail designer. Okay, that's the, that's the, um, team these guys here are all full-time and these guys here probably cost me around 6k a month for these two together um i'm not factoring my time factoring my time in here i probably should but so this is cost is about 6k a month these guys are full-time these guys are freelancers and the thumbnail guy is cheap, costs like $25 for thumbnail. So that's negligible, really. And then editor one and the two, basically the reason we have two editors is so that we have capacity and that we don't, I try to avoid the most dangerous number in business, which is one. Anytime you have one of anything, you are only one incident away from your whole business stalling, right? So two editors. And so basically we just swap between them. So this guy does one video. Meanwhile, this guy's working on the next video. So we just, you know, we have capacity. I don't know exactly how much it costs us to make, to edit the video. I'd guess it editing one video is somewhere between two to $400, depending on complexity. If it's a long 30 minute video, it's going to cost more. If it's shorter, it could be a lot less. If it's a simple video, it might just be $50. Um, but more and more what's, what we've been doing is tending t- towards quality. So longer videos of, in- of increased quality, um, they just do better. And so it costs us a little bit more money. So I'd say overall, this whole, the whole operation is probably costing me around eight to nine K per month. And like I said before, we're almost not quite, but probably at break even with AdSense on this now at this point after, after, after nine or 10 months of, of, of doing that. Um, now, in terms of how the, the process works, with the editors, it's pretty, with the freelancers, it's pretty straight, straightforward. We ask the guy for a thumbnail, we give him concepts and stuff. He, he makes the thumbnail. The editors, we work with them, but they edit the videos for us. I've tried a lot of different approaches to the, to working with these guys. 
And I think this is actually the, the hardest part of the process, actually, is figuring out how best to work together. But I, was, I, I did try a bit at the beginning to be a little bit too clever. Because, you know, as you know, with YouTube, like the 80-20 of success with a YouTube video is the video idea itself. Like if you get that wrong, no fancy editing will save it. The video, edit, the video idea itself at the top. Well, let's, let's, let's draw that out. Um, so you've got the idea of the video. And then the next thing down in the hierarchy is title, thumbnail, right? And then you've got the first, first 30 seconds. And then you've got um, retention strategy, strategies. So how do you keep people watching? I did try to use my team to really kind of brainstorm all of all of these things and get these different things as good as we can, good as we could. But I I, I found that we just weren't ready for it. Um, it. It was a bit too much too soon. So instead, what 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 I've done is tried to really focus on the basics with the team. So basic. So the way it works is, um, we start off with idea idea generation. And this is where we have a list and Ollie and the scriptwriter and the producer will all meet and decide which um, ideas we're going to make. Um, I can show you actually, you might find it interesting to see inside our Trello. We use Trello for all of this. Um, and this is our Trello board. So uh, don't steal any of my ideas, please. Um, but you see, um, this is the board that we use to uh, this, this is a video coming out today. I'm very excited about this. Star Wars, uh, languages of Star Wars. Um, this is the so we basically move videos through the columns as they um, as we go. So um, this, we this is how we organize all the video processes as a as a, as a team. So it, we start off with a bunch of ideas here. And you can see we've got tons and tons of ideas that come from all different places. Then we agree on the ideas and they move into the agreed column. And then once that happens, then it's, um, then, yeah, I'll just show you here actually. So step one is my job. This is, I call this scoping. This is where I want to, I want to decide exactly what the angle is. So what's the topic? What's the specific angle? What's the thread that's going to run through the video? Make sure that is completely clear. And that might take me, you know, 15, 20 minutes to figure out exactly what it is. So for example, this video on Jason Bourne's language skills, you could approach this from lots of different angles, right? It could be clips of him speaking in the different movies, or it could be talking about his background, or it could be um, how they train people in the secret service or whatever. I decide on the exact angle. And then um, based on that, a few things happen. So first of all, then our producer will go and create thumbnail topics, thumbnail ide ideas and angles based on what I've created, based on my, my um, uh, the angle that we're going to take. Then it moves to our script editor, who then will start scripting it. So she will then go off and research the hell out of this topic. She'll do all the research. She will come up with a, with a script. Um, and this script scripting process improved dramatically once I had taken the time to actually really scope out the videos first. 
Um, so then she will script it. Then it comes to me ready to record. And at this point I receive the script and then I will sit down with it and then add my touch to it. I'll make sure that the first 30 seconds is really strong. I'll make sure that we're clear hooks. I'll make sure that we've got lots of strategies within the video to keep people watching and then looping them forward. I'll make sure it's kind of complete. Then I sit and record it um, here in the, in, in, the, in the studio. At that point, then it passes to the producer and it's his job then to finalize the title and thumbnail. He then works with the editors to finalize the editing and then he'll upload it and actually publish it on YouTube. And then it gets to ends up here. Right. So from this, here's the main takeaway that I want you to think about. And it is that what I found about working with the team is the more that people have clear ownership of certain stages of the process, the more successful you're going to be. Just like in, in any aspect of the business, like you always want to know who is the owner of a certain thing. If, you, if, if it's not clear who owns something, it's going to fail or it's going to get very confusing. So what I found to be, I found it to be a kind of a four-step process. And step one is the idea or the angle. Step two is the scripting. Step three is the recording. And step four is the editing. And these are very, very um, clear owners. So this is my responsibility, the idea and the angle. Um, this is Lisa's responsibility for the script. This is John's responsibility. No, sorry, skipped ahead there. This is my responsibility again for the recording. And this is John's responsibility for the editing. When it's this clear, then it's much, much easier for people to know what to handle the workload. They know what they're responsible for. And, um, and it make, makes for a much more oiled machine. Um, okay. That's how the production side of it works. Again, I probably spend six to eight hours a week maximum. Um, on that so how to find people um i so like i showed you before these these guys are all full-time and then we've got video editors and designers and i always follow the same almost always follow the same process for this so these guys here always come from my list my community and these guys here come from upwork um doesn't have to be that way but that always works works for me the reason that these guys all come from my list is because it's very important to find someone who understands the ethos of your channel right the ethos of your work you need someone who understands you who gets you you can't bring in someone who doesn't care about language learning to write scripts for a language channel. It's not going to work. And so your first, I always find that my first port of call is right. Who understands me? What's well, people on my list, people in my audience, social media, whatever. So what I'm doing is I'm looking for the, the intersection of someone. There's two things you need, right? You need skill and you need 
interest in the topic. And so what you're looking for is people in this, in this section here. So who has the skill to do what you need and also the interest in the topic? And, you know, we've all got a lot of followers. And so you only need one person out of your entire following to also be a video editor or to also be good with design to find your perfect person. And this is what I found with, with these guys here. So always go to your list. You, you, I know what it's like. You'll think, oh, surely, you know, I'm teaching German to English people. Surely there's no one on my list who is going to be able to work with me in German. But what you don't realize is there are people who are competitors of yours or people who want to be like you, who are also following you on your list and just watching what you do. There are all kinds of people out there. If you really try to find someone on your list and you can't, Talk to other people in the inner circle. Say, come to me and say, Ollie, I'm looking for a for a German scriptwriter. Who do you know? Like, you always kind of go from your list to your network, um, and then only as a last resort do you go to to job boards or anything or anything like that. This is only one way of doing it, but the reason I like to do this is because I prefer to build a a, a team of people who are going to stay with me for the long term, because that's how I see the stability of the business. You can always go and hire in someone very expensive who knows how to do all this stuff. But, um, you know, I'm looking to hire people who are maybe slightly less skilled, but who I can train up to do how do things how I like and who are going to stay with me for the long term. That's my approach. Now, in terms of hiring these guys, video editors and designers, I follow the rule of three, um, which is I'll put an ad out for a video editor and I'll get the three best candidates and I'll hire them all. Hire all three to do one job, often the same job. So here, here's a job, go and do all of them. I'll pay them so they give it a hundred percent. And then, because the best way to find if someone is good at, the best way to figure out if a candidate is good at what they do is not what they say, but it's actually what they do. So hire them, give them work, see who actually follows instructions, who actually produces the results. Um, and then and then, you know, if you you're gonna have a, a good a good candidate by 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 the end of that. It costs you more money up front, but it saves you so much time in the future. So for this reason, someone asked I think Vanessa asked about trial projects and trial periods. You don't need trial periods or anything like that. I mean, you can still have them. It's probably a good idea, but you don't really need trial periods if you've actually seen the quality of their work up front. So that's how I how I always do things. Um, what else? I think that's everything. Hiring mistakes. I think the biggest mistake I've made with hiring is this. It's not being clear about ownership and responsibility. Many times I've had someone fantastic on my team who's super skilled, super talented, but I just can't get, they just won't do it. They're just not, not working. They're not gelling. They're either not producing the work or they're not engaged. And I can't figure out why. And I've realized that they are, they are, either in the wrong role or the responsibility and ownership is not clear. 
And I found that I can move somebody from one position to the next and um, they can become a totally different person. But in every case, you want to be, and I, I see when I'm kind of, whenever, when I've mentored people in the past with, um, with hiring, it's very rare that someone is clear enough about the specific outcomes and ownerships and responsibilities that, that, that people want, that, that you want them to have. So I would say that if you, do, if you take this kind of approach to hiring multiple people and um, giving them all paid trials, you're going to find somebody good. Where it's going to go wrong, most likely, is in the gelling of the team, how everybody works together. Um, and so I'd say always be thinking, put it this way. The most difficult stage of hiring is not before you hire them, it's after you've hired them. Because you can spend a lot of time working with them, but if you don't integrate them properly onto the team, if you don't give them clear responsibilities and outcomes, you can waste months. Uh, and if you're anything like me and you really hate firing people, um, you can end up wasting a year of time or more because you keep someone on the team who's just not, not working. So be very, very clear about precisely what role you need, precisely what responsibilities those people have, and do that work up front. Um, and then it's gonna, you're going to have a far higher likelihood of, uh, of, of success with that. So I think what I'll do is stop there. And then maybe, Yann, if we go to, to questions so that anything from here that's not clear for you guys, you can um, drill down on any elements of that that you want. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope that you like this episode. Again, this was a recording of a presentation that Oli gave during our last Inner Circle meeting. So if you want to learn more about what it is and what else that we do at Creative Smarts, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmarts.com. And please, if you like this episode, then give it a positive rating in whatever app that you're using because it's going to help us to end up higher in Apple's ranking and uh, to be recommended to more people so that we can do even better things here on the podcast. So we'll really appreciate if you leave a review if you haven't done that so far. That was it for today and I'm looking forward to talking to you on the next episode next week. Ciao.